Ladies and gentlemen, making its way to the ring, it's been called a mall direct mashup. Amiably lame and good clean entertainment. Please pack your bags and board the bus for your champion, the Chaperone! Take back what's ours or wind up behind bars. Find out this week on Signature Movies. Charge with the game under my arm. Anyone in my path is done considerable harm. Really a dawn, scratch that, really a god. Really put the gloves on and one in the octagon. Straight shooter, the mind of a super. Welcome to Signature Movies, a podcast that takes you film by film through the productions of WWE Studios, the movie division of World Wrestling Entertainment. I'm one of your signature guides, Preston. Uh, and I'm Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Preston. How are you? I'm doing well, buddy. How about you? How's your week been? Oh, not too bad. Uh, you know, last night I went out to eat with Uncle Larry. Um, for a, mm. it was, I, I, I celebrated a birthday uh, this uh, well, week. Happy this birthday, past buddy. Week. Yeah, you already told me off air. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, not to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I kind of want this out there, you know. Uh, I, I ate dinner last night at a place where uh, you had to order all of the sides a la carte. <laughs> um, do you know what that means even <laughs> i think so you, you went to a french restaurant no well no a la carte is a term <laughs> that i think that i think we kind of commandeered from the french people <laughs> uh it basically um well it means that when you get a steak like when you get an entree at this restaurant it comes with nothing it comes mm. with just the entree you see what i'm saying i do and then all of the all of the sides you have to order separately so you know it's mm. not like it's not like we're going to you know uh outback and we're getting you know the steak oh two sides what are your two sides no none of that no. uh you you order the entree the sides come separately mm. and it was you know it was kind of this you know it was a fun experience i'm not saying i do it often but i do do it on <laughs> on special occasions and uh the, but here's the thing Preston the sides are for the table right oh okay so the sides so I I, di- I like doing this thing where I try to take the wind out of Tom's sails so okay. Tom being your dad the, yeah yeah on the way up I I said to Tom I said uh hey do you think when those uh sides for the table come you're going to be really surprised by how big they are because <laughs> he was going to do that thing where he goes Boy, the sides are expensive, but you sure get a lot. You know, and, and I don't like that. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> China. Yeah. I don't like being I don't like being disingenuously surprised by the size of a portion. Look, when <laughs> it's like when when mashed when mashed potatoes for the table are sixteen dollars, they're gonna be fucking big. I mean, they're right. not, you know, that's just how yeah. it works. And, um, a, a, bl- a bloomin' onion from Outback Steakhouse surely your worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah you know it's it's like you know if you if you order something a la carte it's gonna be big and i think <laughs> that's what that's what we learned that's about it was a nice dinner um nice. you know i told uncle larry about this podcast actually um wow and he seemed he seemed a little disturbed i'm not gonna lie he he seemed <laughs> he seemed overly concerned about how niche 
uh, this um, subject material is. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I and can't I told, blame him. Well, I told him, look, like we're not trying to get anything out of this, really. Uh, I, I, I didn't want to tell him about the blue chew. And he... <laughs> he knows about the blue chew. I, I think it's hard for adults to grasp that, like, we don't, we're not trying to make a lot of money off this. Because I yeah. think for the older generation, it's like, why, why do it then? Right. 100%. Um, you know, because, but in reality, we don't care about the money. We just have, you know, big egos. <laughs> Preston, how was I'm your week? To myself. It was pretty good, buddy. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I just finished snacking on some blueberries. Blueberries have been a, a late-in-life renaissance for me. Uh, I grew up with uh, the straw and the, the rasp varietals of berries. Um, so I've just been monstering on a lot of blueberries the last couple of weeks. It's been a real treat. You're, you're a big blueberry guy, right? Um, yeah, I think blueberry is definitely, at this point, my favorite artificial sweetener to, to mm. put in any kind of drink. Yeah. You ever do snack you, on do... the real deal? No, can't say I have. <laughs> okay, can't say I have. You're do you um? You, so I think you're well aware of this, given your pronunciation. There is a there is a P in raspberry. There is indeed. Do you think that's maybe something uh, that Becca Weirwill got into an elementary school fight over? <laughs> I think there was a lot of stubbornness going around. <laughs> I think before that she knew stubborn had two Bs. There's there's some some bitterness being thrown. Yeah, you know th- that's that's the kind of thing too, because when it comes to simply spelling a word, it would be hard for someone to be a little right and a little wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's pretty clear cut how to spell a word. So I don't know, I don't know how she would parse that, but um, that's well, why person, she's got a uh, self help blog and we don't, Ryan. Well, we do self help podcasts now. <laughs> Yeah. That's true. No, you're right. We're, we're encroaching on her territory. Hey, speaking of former podcasts, I do have a few housekeeping uh, no, matters. No, no, to... you don't, Ryan, and here's why. Ryan, I have, uh, I've delved into the old uh, Signature Movies funds, and I've hired us a housekeeper, Ryan. So I, I, I can guarantee— Preston, why, why are you doing this? Why... <laughs> Ryan, there's, there's no need for housekeeping. It's it's all taken care of. I I even got a I she left me a voicemail. I'm sure congratulating us on how well she's done. Not congratulating us, but you know, just saying how well she's done. Um, okay, Preston. Preston, we we yeah. are a podcast of integrity, and so yeah. part part of that is making sure that we address any kind of errors or clarifications. When we have to we have to do this weekly. I mean, that's right, what it right. takes. Okay. Let, let let's just listen to this. I I think that you'll be very impressed. Okay. I you hired a housekeeper. I hired a housekeeper. She's going to take care of all this for us. She's going to cut down our episode time by like 15 minutes. We're going to get so much stuff done. Okay. <sighs> okay. It's from Sparkles House Cleaning. Top rated. Four and a half stars on Yelp. Okay. Hi, Preston. This is Katie from Sparkles Housekeeping Services. Just wanted to call, finish up your place, dust off your microphones, organize all your DVDs, which you left all over the floor. Uh, I don't know what you meant by fix the hoodie situation, um, but we don't actually do laundry. We're strictly a cleaning service, uh, so you have to call someone else for that. Also, um, I appreciate you asking if I prefer riding a roller coaster or eating an ice cream sundae, um, and I actually prefer getting paid for my labor, so if you could send over a check, I'd really appreciate it. I don't know what Afterpay is, but we do not accept it. 
Thank you. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> pretty sassy uh, housekeeper, Preston. <laughs> well, yeah, she is very highly rated, Ryan. <laughs> um, okay. Well, you know, sometimes things work out. Sometimes they don't. Um, I guess I, I'm, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna get in touch with Sparkles. Um, you know, we'll we'll keep trying, right? I guess I guess we could do housekeeping this week. I just, you know, I'm just, I'm just well, trying to make things more efficient. Is all I'm saying. No, I I appreciate that, Preston, and and it, you know, it seems like you got extremely close to finding a viable solution, but unfortunately, yeah, it just just fell. She wants to check. <laughs> she does <laughs> want to check. <laughs> These people from the 1800s. <laughs> I tried to send her uh, bills to confirm afterpay, and she was like, "I don't want any of this." Oh, she wants to check. Preston, if she was, at, but that's the thing: if she was at your location to clean your microphone, she she's already verified your address. <laughs> <laughs> There's no need <laughs> to send bills. <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to help the podcast, buddy. I'm I know. I know. <laughs> well. Now, a few housekeeping matters. One, um, okay. wh- wh- what was her name? Hmm? Wh- what was that housekeeper's name? Oh, I can't remember. Katie. Katie. Katie uh, from well, Housekeeping. Okay, well, um, I, I, I want to get her name right because the first housekeeping matter is an apology. Uh, two episodes ago on our, on our Quality of Life Consideration Quorum, I want to apologize to Brianna. Um, I kept calling her Ashley on the phone and i don't i don't know i have no idea why um it wasn't on purpose i swear to god it wasn't on purpose <laughs> on the call though i kept I, I listening to it back i kept calling her ashley i mean i don't i don't know if this is what? some kind of yeah i don't know if this is some kind of freudian complex <laughs> was, was ashley one of the uh the leading ladies of our previous movies no uh my sophomore year no my junior year of high school i took an ashley to homecoming oh, so I'm wow wondering, i'm wondering if, if i don't know i don't know but anyway uh I, so an, an apology to brianna and uh do you want to do it preston or do you want me to i'll let you do it three two one. go hogs it's <laughs> brianna go from Sorry, arkansas brianna. yeah no, no, I'm not calling her a hog. I'm saying the baseball team. Right, we'll, we'll we'll cover it next uh, next house. No, right. okay. The, the uh, heart. <laughs> I'm not getting in. I'm not talking about sports. People, people, the Arkansas baseball team. The nickname is the Hogs. I'm not. We're not yeah. getting into it. The second housekeeping matter <laughs> is I ha- I wanted to announce uh, to you, Preston, and the rest of the podcast. As of February fifteenth, two thousand and twenty-three, I am no longer a part of the Panera Bread Sip Club. Wow, we've lapsed. Yes. Are you familiar? And, and, and do you want to know why I'm no longer part of the Panera Bread Sip Club? I'm in the edge of my seat, buddy. Are you familiar with the teachings of St. Ignatius? <laughs> I've heard tell of St. Iggy. Okay. He, I was looking into him a little bit more, and he has a lot to say about something called uh, gluttony. And <laughs> glut, gluttony... I don't know if you know this person. Gluttony is a disordered <laughs> desire to eat and drink. Mm. Um, and it's not just about over drinking. 
there's a temporal aspect to it too that saint ignatius <laughs> correctly points out see gluttony does not mean you just drink a lot gluttony mm. mean gluttony can also mean that you think that you can get a drink whenever you want and it occurred to me that that's exactly what the sip club was making me think mm. that that i could just get a drink anytime i want that's gluttony you understand well, that's true i do i do can i can i offer a counterpoint from the book of saint ignatius sure i'm gonna say you know you've, you've you've if there's anything that you've expressed it's generosity with your sip club ryan you had you had the opportunity to uh to satiate the thirst of your entire community with your one sip club membership yeah but if you keep reading in that book he has that part about how uh generosity can bite you in the ass <laughs> quite the quite the dirty mouth on that saint ignatius you got you got to finish the chapters preston because if you, <laughs> you're right you're if right. you only read you only read halfway and it's just it's not gonna yeah. work yeah i'm not looking ahead that's 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 my failing well preston this week we have the chaperone huh we do have the chaperone buddy yeah you ready to dive in let's talk about triple h the star triple of the h movie. buddy the star of the 2011 film from WWE Studios, The Chaperone. Yeah, let's talk about Triple H. Paul, is it Levesque? Paul Levesque. Paul Levesque. Tell us Triple about Paul H. Levesque. Well, Preston, he began wrestling uh, in 1992. Uh, and he uh, fairly quickly joined the World Wrestling Federation, now WWE, in 1995 mm. as Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Mm. He, and his gimmick was... This rich, noble, snobby elite. And back in like the mid-90s, the WWF featured a lot of those colorful, kind of borderline unbelievable gimmicks. Mm. And that was just kind of what he, that was his lane. And by the late 90s, he had formed one of the most popular factions of all time, D-Generation X with mm. Shawn Michaels, and helped lead the Attitude Era, the more going away from the PG style of pro wrestling that carried WWF to beat WCW in the late 90s. But later in his career, Triple H becomes known as this master manipulator, master in terms of working the WWE system and politics. Mm. Triple H is seen as the guy. He Now, of course, he marries Stephanie McMahon, Vince McMahon's daughter. Indeed. I did read that. And that certainly helps navigating the the <laughs> wwe landscape yeah but that but that doesn't guarantee it because i mean vince mcmahon's own son shane mcmahon has pretty much inherited nothing of the WWE yeah. system <laughs> so i mean you know triple h ends up being a 14-time world champion as a wrestler wow. um, and then as he steps away from wrestling is involved in management he's responsible for mm. nxt which is kind of like the developmental system now in WWE, and he's currently the chief content officer. So hmm. Triple, Triple H is this behemoth in WWE yeah. history, um, has kind of done it all, and wow. really has had no aspirations to go beyond it. I mean, he wants to run WWE. He wants to be in that yeah. system. So That's fascinating um, stuff, man. I, uh, I, it, it really correlates a lot with, like, this is a interesting time because the interviews i've been reading with him around this movie this seems like kind of the time between like him maxing out and everything he can do in wrestling like he seems very much just like 
he's gotten every belt you can get in WWE. You know, he's done dozens and dozens of uh, WrestleManias. Uh, not dozens and dozens, but quite a few. And he's kind of just like, I don't know what else to do. And I guess this is the time between him in that wrestling phase and the managerial phase was like, maybe movies? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say he was like burned out at this time, but you know, like I wouldn't I wouldn't send him to like Barbara or anything. But he he was bored. He was really kind of bored. And this the, most of what he says about this movie is just like it was something different. Like I just needed anything different because I've been doing the same thing for so long. Um, does that seem about right for like 2011 Triple H? Did you say you wouldn't send him to Barbara? I wouldn't send him to Barbara. He's not burned out. He's just <laughs> bored. I, I I don't want to talk about that woman ever again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think he was getting there. I think I think later in his career, he had he had a WrestleMania match against the Undertaker that really lit a spark, I think. Uh mm. but yeah, I mean, it got to the point probably around 2015-2016 where I mean, he was wrestling very infrequently and mm. NXT kind of came his his passion project. Um, I this is such a weird movie though to to debut in, in terms yeah. of to, to make a to make your film debut. Right. Well, Ryan, I'm not. Sh- Go ahead. I was going to say this should come as no surprise. I mean, it's the uh, it's the WWE Studios origin story for like ninety percent of these movies, but he was not supposed to star in this movie. <laughs> this was supposed to be a Dave Batista movie, Dave Batista's first WWE Studios film. Dave Batista drops out last minute. And as uh, Triple H sells it, uh, Vince McMahon came over to his house at like 11 p.m. and was like, I need you to leave tomorrow and go to this movie for Dave Batista because he dropped out. And Triple H was like, I haven't read the script. Is it any good? And Vince McMahon said, I don't know. I haven't read the script either. So <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of got thrown into this thing. Um, now, I mean, I yeah. think the, just for the listeners, because you just dropped someone who, for my money, is the best pro wrestler turned actor ever. 100%. Yeah, I 100% agree with that take. And I think that this would have been his debut. Uh, so we really got, I mean... Oh, God. You know. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a real think piece, too. Is this movie any better with Dave Batista? Um, I don't know. I don't know if Batista could have saved it. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, you know, every, everybody talking about Triple H is just like, he is a very genuine guy. There's no bad-mouthing him. There's nothing like that. Um good guy to work with and he's like extremely charming in these interviews because like you know every single wrestler gets asked the exact same question you know do you think like um that your wrestling experience will translate to acting experience and every all of them play coy like well i don't know it's a different kind of deal and triple h just goes i keep telling people i am not triple h i play a character called triple h i act all the time uh i can act (laughs) it's just like (laughs) You're not supposed to do that, but like, I just picture him like screaming at kids, like, "My name is Paul! Stop calling me Triple H!" It's 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 pretty wild. I mean, so maybe he is a little bit of burnt out, but uh, yeah, that that's about where Triple H's head is at at this time. Um, and yeah, like you said, very strange movie for him to drop in on. Uh, this movie worked out for Triple H in that like he had a good time and there was no real issues, but it did not work out financially for WWE Studios. Uh, they lost three point eight million dollars on this movie. And we're coming to the end of their little family film experience. We got one kind of next month, but falls into a middle air ground. But these were the three, like, we're going to transition to family films. All three of them bomb. And uh, we've got three more films that fall in the 2011 year. But after that, they completely scrap the company. And they move on to a completely different business model where they've 
they are splitting their time between straight to DVD sequels. So that's how we end up with four more Marines, uh, each under a million dollars. And then they start doing this thing, which I think we're going to like, which is uh, they give like these already very good movies with good actors, like a million dollars. And they're like, just put like John Cena in it for 10 minutes. And, uh, you know, so we get like these really high budget movies that just have John Cena in it with like a quote unquote WWE Studios financial backing. So we're entering in an era of real big hits and real big misses. Um, and these are kind of our last experimental films. Yeah, I, I would take six chaperones before six Marines any day of the week. I, Without a like, doubt. But yeah, I, 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 it's curious that they chose to hone in on the Marine as the sequel. <laughs> right? It is very Jeez. curious. They, they do do one chaperone sequel, which I think it stars Randy Orton. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, um, wait, wait. We do get a chaperone sequel. We do get one chaperone sequel. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, Ryan. Uh, film was directed by this guy named Stephen Herrick. Heavy hitter, Ryan. This guy's directed a lot. He directed Bill and Ted. Have you ever watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Nope. Okay. Uh, Mr. Holland's Opus, The Mighty Ducks. He worked with Disney. Oh, right? so I think The Mighty two. Ducks. Yeah. There you go. Heck yeah. <laughs> uh he worked with i think they brought him on because it's a uh you know it's a kids movie and uh he's working with a lot of kids i think he's a top tier kids director um and yeah ryan uh you want to just dive into the old movie yeah so i mean triple h plays a character called named ray he has he is in prison for yes uh, having a hand in a in a big robbery theft uh, yeah. and Ray is notorious for driving the getaway car. That's kind of his specialty on the yes. uh, circuit. And Ray is determined. You know, and, and, and so the, the beginning of the movie is Ray getting out of prison. And I wonder if this is like this in real life. But the, the prison guards and pretty much everyone in the prison is telling Ray, yeah, we'll see you back here in a few years. Like, don't worry. Yeah. Like, like everyone is so <laughs> pessimistic about his ability to stay out of crime. Right. And he gets out of prison. His old accomplice, criminal buddy, is there to meet him. And Played by Kevin Corrigan, who I love. Very good character actor. And he wants Triple H uh, to get back into the game with him. And yes. Triple H uh, basically just steals that guy's car. And yes. so we're, what, five minutes out of prison and Triple H has already committed a felony? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Pretty much confirming what everyone in the prison thought might happen. <laughs> Immediately. Yeah, they, they try to toe a line throughout the entirety of this movie of Triple H being a reformed man. But during the course of the movie, he does commit like seven crimes <laughs> and they yes. really don't. Uh, yeah, they don't address it. And uh, spoiler alert, he's not really penalized for anything at the end of the movie. Um, but yeah, it's an well, interesting choice. And I, I don't think the chaperone is the best vehicle to talk about this philosophical issue. But there is a sense in which <laughs> crime, <laughs> crime does not imply immorality. Right. So. Mm. just because someone is deemed a criminal does not mean that they did anything immoral per se. Mm. So sure. I think, and I, and I think that's an, that is an important distinction because Ray is trying to reform himself. I think in the sense of a moral 
reconfiguration of I don't want to be that guy anymore. But I think mm. there are there are things that happen in this movie, you're right, where he would be on the hook for all of these crimes. That doesn't, I think, necessarily mean that it has ruined his transformation, but because mm. there is that distinction, right, between crime and morality. Sure. <laughs> but the long of it is he steals the car and he's going to get reunited with his daughter, Sally, and his ex-wife, Lynn. And he gets to the house. Sally is has wants nothing to do with him. And no. Lynn, Lynn has moved on to a man named Marvin. And Marvin, Marvin, Marvin is a doctor. He loves yes. to kiss Lynn on the lips. He <laughs> and the face and the head. Yeah, love Dr. Marvin. I feel like we both have Dr. Marvin vibes. I feel like that's that's where we end up in adulthood. Um yeah, he's uh he's he's very charming. Um and much like and much like your housekeeper Preston, Sally is incredibly sassy with Ray. Uh, oh yeah. Ray yeah. is trying Ray is trying to explain to Sally, "Look, I'm 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 back here. I'm going to be a better man. I'm, I want a fresh start." And Sally mm-hmm. tells Sally says to Ray, why don't you have a fresh start in Alaska? <laughs> now, Sally and Sally, to be clear, Sally does not live in Alaska. So he, she's no. basically t- telling, <laughs> telling Ray to go to Alaska and get out of her life. But you know what this made me think of, Preston? What's that, buddy? No. Let's, no. <laughs> let's say Ray took Sally's advice. No. And, <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and went to Alaska. No. Do you, do you know who would be very useful to Ray? <laughs> All right. All right. I'll stop. Boy, you you detected that very quickly. <laughs> My body tensed up like a fucking, I don't know, like a stray cat. Well, we'll leave it. We'll leave it at this. If, if Ray did take Sally's advice and moved to Alaska for a fresh start, he may be wise to bring along someone with him that is good with direction. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. So okay. we'll put a, put a pin in that. Okay. Let's leave a, a pin in that and just keep it there. Um, yeah. Uh, so his daughter, Sally is played by Ariel winter. Who's just getting famous in modern family. You ever watch modern family, Ryan? Nope. Me neither. Um, so yeah, Triple H is uh, trying to reconnect with his daughter. He goes to her school, um, meets her principal, uh, played by Yeardley Smith, who voices Lisa Simpson in The Simpsons. Did you know that, Ryan? Oh yeah, that's pretty common yeah. knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Her voice is very distinct. She does not put on a voice for Lisa Simpson. Uh, but it does make a question. She gets paid three hundred thousand dollars per episode of The Simpsons. She does. Why in God's name is she in this movie? It does not make any sense to me. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think um, <laughs> maybe sometimes it's nice to just be there if you think that maybe this movie was going to be a launching pad for all these future stars. Oh, you know, just to say true, that you yeah. were part of it. Hundred percent. That makes but, sense. But uh, there, there's another there's another fun scene, and I don't I don't know. You know, you have to take what you can get with these movies. But there was a fun scene early on where Ray tries to get a job. But he's been in prison for seven years, and so he doesn't know what anything is. Like, he tries to get a, a job at a car dealership, and he doesn't understand what a elect- electric car is. Yes. 
That, okay, I mean that's something, right? I mean it's. I liked it. Yeah. You know, they're really. You know, this is this is now another kind of theme that we've been playing on. These like really jacked guys coming out of very intense situations, trying to make it in the real world. You know, we had a bunch of John Cena scenes. I think in both movies where he was uh, trying to just get jobs and kept failing at them because he's such a monstrous man out of touch. Uh, very charming. Very charming. And I will say, Triple H, very charming in this movie. Um, he's, he's, he's great. Like, he's got a very Adam Driver vibe. Um, not in terms of quality of acting. I wouldn't put him in, like, any big roles. But, like, you know, he's got, like, a face that doesn't look like it belongs in movies and kind of a persona that seems like, I'm not really, like, in this movie. Like, I'm in this movie, but it's not. I'm not, like, in this movie, you know? Uh, which mm-hmm. I find very charming. I think he was very good. Yeah, and I, I we, we hit a string of of wild coincidences so ray is unable to ray is unable to get a job and so he decides what the hell one more robbery well let's just get it over with so they decide to do one more robbery and i had to i had to rewind i swear to god i rewound i could not figure this out because it was almost uh, surely i thought to myself they are not conducting this robbery within a hundred yards from sally's school (laughs) <laughs> like like it, it I, I i couldn't believe that the film just wanted us to accept this as plausible <laughs> yeah <laughs> but sure enough yeah they are robbing a bank across the street from sally's school and indeed right sally, in the middle of the day in the middle of the day right before sally and her classmates are about to leave on a field trip in which mm-hmm. they need a chaperone and Indeed. so there Ray is in the getaway car. His, his, uh, his teammates are robbing the bank and he has a second thought and he, he goes, you know what? I came here to be a better man. So he gets out of the car, throws the keys away and goes onto Sally's bus to be the chaperone. And if anyone has watched along with this movie and has seen this movie, the look that Sally has on her face when triple H gets onto the bus is exactly what it's like on with Preston when I ask him to go to Tilly's. That that just <laughs> that look of of anger and despair. And <laughs> similarly, I won't talk to you when you try to come up to me. I will <laughs> gossip about you to people around me. It's, yeah, yeah, a lot of bitterness. He tells um. me to go to Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> and that time i will tell you it's north <laughs> i'll be very direction oriented yeah i i i had questions about this right i mean as a uh, bar certified lawyer could and you know we're talking about crimes here could triple h have been prosecuted for the crime that he'd committed so far because he does get in the truck and then drive criminals to a bank to be robbed and then gets out of the car yeah, I mean it's been a long time, but I believe I believe he could because he made an yeah. affirmative step in furtherance yeah. of the crime. Yeah, that's I believe that too. I believe that too. I think that you know perhaps the secondary purpose of this podcast is to indict Triple H on these charges. Um, indict. There's quite a few of them. <laughs> indict. <laughs> indict. <laughs> What the, what the fuck are we doing here, Preston? <laughs> Maybe Uncle Larry's right. We need to pivot. <laughs> we can always start that Patreon where we review Becca Weirwell's books. I think <laughs> I think that'll go much better. 
Unfortunately, I, I think Becca Weirwell has much more respect for her craft. She doesn't pump out books like WWE Studios has pumped out <laughs> films. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but we transition into – okay, so now we kind of set the, um, you know, rules of engagement here. And Indeed. for whatever reason, the duffel bag of money ends up on the school bus, and we have yes. Triple H's former uh, crime partners – following Triple H on the school bus to get back the money and also maybe get some revenge on Triple H for abandoning them at the scene of the crime. Yes. And they're also subtly convinced that he has masterminded this whole plan since he's been in prison. He was always going to abandon them. He was always going to take the money. Uh, so they're hard after Triple H, thinking he's uh, he's got one over on him. And yeah. Uh, I... No, I I no, I think like for me this movie has some clever moments where the silliness and the coincidences happen to to work and it's kind yeah. of it's clever what they are doing to kind of keep the plot rolling. And then there are other times in this movie for me where way too silly, way too contrived and it just doesn't yeah. work. But yeah. I I think there was effort here uh to to make this somewhat enjoyable and different i agree 100 percent. yeah it's, it keeps a really steady tone throughout it um it's not kind of all over the place i really like that they anchored down with uh triple h and his daughter a couple times you really didn't have to do that and they gave some very authentic both performances and like it's, the script is very authentic in some areas you know like you could have very standard like you know dad makes a very half-hearted apology daughter accepts um but they had like some real moments where you know triple h was being very vulnerable and his daughter was not accepting it and uh i thought that was really well done you know and again just like so i think you hit the nail on the head certain moments just really shine in this movie uh and it's just like the stitching was off you know like you had all the pieces of fabric but the stitching just didn't come together in a lot of ways all right how many times did you cry <laughs> Three times, Brian. Three okay, times. not bad. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> well, yeah, so Triple H takes this bus, essentially. So Triple H finds that these guys are chasing him. Uh, originally, there's a bus driver named... Uh, yeah, I got nothing. Josh? I got nothing. Oh, my gosh. What's his name? Nick! Nick the bus driver. I like Nick the bus driver. Good character. Um, but, uh, you know, Triple H takes over the bus. He actually drove the bus as a stunt driver. Um, a little fun fact for you there, Ryan. Um, and, you know, he uh, he does the thing where he's kind of like, um, uh, what's the movie? Major Pain. Just like, you know, rat, whipping some rapscallions in order. You know, he takes all these rowdy kids and stands up there as this big authority figure and whips them into shape and everybody respects him for it. Uh, yeah. You, you ever yeah. do one of these overnight trips with your school, Ryan? Oh, God. Yeah, it, I don't know if I don't know if you know I don't know if you know this story. So, <clears throat> my first year of college, uh, they had something called the mystery trip. Okay. Okay. And so the idea, and I cannot believe I did this at the time. Like everything you know about me would suggest that I would never do this, but somehow, <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, I did this. And yeah. <laughs> it, it legitimately was you sign up. And you, you get onto this bus, and they will take you somewhere, and they will tell you when you're halfway there, where, where you're mm. going. And so this was at the very start of freshman year, so it's still September. 
and so it okay. could be it could be anywhere they they said you might want to pack a bathing suit because we could be going to the beach mm. we, we you don't know so pack they could they wouldn't they gave you no idea where you were going so <laughs> i'm on this i get on this bus i don't know anyone right i mean because we had just gotten we had just started undergrad so yeah i mean there were people who i kind of knew that i lived by dorm wise but i didn't really know anyone on this bus ben was on this bus who later wow. became who later became one of my best friends but i i didn't know him at the time and mm. and, and we didn't get to know each other on this fucking bus so <laughs> so we uh <laughs> We're, we're, you know, we're driving and everyone in the bus is trying, is on their phones trying to figure out, oh, which, which, which cardinal direction are we headed in? <laughs> <laughs> are those signs for Alaska? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sitting there going, I'm just sitting there in a huddle going, please Sorrento, please Sorrento. <laughs> <laughs> but we get halfway and, and then like the, the, the prefect, like the, the, uh, the senior who was in charge of us stands up and very defiant, <laughs> very defiant, very defiantly goes, it's time to reveal where we're headed. And then he does like a, one of those pregnant pauses, you know, for effect. <laughs> and then he goes, we will be spending the weekend in Louisville, Kentucky. And, <laughs> and you could have heard a, a, a pin drop. On <laughs> and i like we thought it, i thought it was might be a bit or something yeah because <laughs> in in advertising this trip before we got on the bus the advertising was we've gone to new york city we've gone to chicago we've gone <laughs> we've gone to virginia beach all this stuff louisville kentucky um wow and so that that didn't go tremendous for me <laughs> <laughs> Did you check out the Baseball Hall of Fame, Ryan? No, the one place I went, I took an Uber to where they do the Kentucky Derby, and I bet ah. on I bet on horse races that night. <laughs> that is something I believe you do. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's it was a it, I, like I wasn't twenty one at the like I was eight, <laughs> I, I was eighteen, so there was a very limited for what you can do in Louisville, Kentucky, when you're eighteen, right? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty painful. So I, I, I know I felt like Sally on this bus. <laughs> well, Sally goes to a um a museum. Triple H talks about dinosaurs. Uh, Triple H genuinely loves dinosaurs. They spend a long period in the uh, commentary talking about that. And I have a question: Is there anyone who doesn't love dinosaurs? I, like on what grounds could you possibly hate dinosaurs? You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, I I think you would you would have to hate dinosaurs by virtue of other people being annoying about how much they like dinosaurs, right? Ah. Do you hate dinosaurs, Ryan? No, I don't hate dinosaurs, but there are things in in life where I I I feel like I dislike them only because people are so annoying about them. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's fair. Pretty that's much, fair. E- pretty much every major holiday is like. This. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, criminals find Triple H. They beat him up in a bathroom. Or, I'm sorry, Triple H beats them up in a bathroom. Takes the bus. Abandons Nick. Um, and yeah, the rest of the movie is essentially 
extended sequences of Triple H running from these criminals, connecting with his daughter, and just trying to get the money back so he can resume his normal life. Um, anything about the second half of the movie stand out to you, Ryan? Yeah, so I think I, I found my second favorite scene in signature movie history here. My first, wow. my first is that one in Legendary where Cal goes to John Cena's hearing and talks to the judge. Yes. My second is a minute, or not a minute, an hour and 12 seconds, <laughs> an hour and 12 minutes and 30 seconds. I made up the 30. <laughs> in this movie, uh, an hour and 12 minutes. So they, they periodically, in the second half of the movie, cut to Marvin and Lynn at home. And there's this mm. scene where Marvin is going to propose to Lynn. And yes. he, he has hired a violinist. And he is setting up the dining room. And he's going to call Lynn down to the dining room. And when she comes, the violinist will start playing and he'll propose. So yes. he calls Lynn downstairs, but he has like a finger held up to the violinist getting to to cue him to start playing but at the same time that marvin calls lynn down lynn sees a news report that ray is a wanted man again and so he basically says lynn can you come downstairs and she responds with i'm leaving and that causes marvin to like recoil and he instinctually takes down his finger and the violinist starts playing and i thought it is a masterful moment great scene fantastic (laughs) scene big fan yeah expertly played expertly played again marvin undersung star of this movie we don't really know what becomes a marvin though that was one of my questions yeah i mean it was a it was kind of a surprise ending i was worried they would do it and they did where uh at the end of the movie triple h gets back together with his wife and marvin just kind of disappears (laughs) which is strange because marvin has committed no sin (laughs) he is he's not you know committed a crime or a uh you know, he's not breached morality in any way. I don't think he deserved to be left. Um, maybe he kissed his wife a little bit too much, but, you know, we, we, we could only right. hope to have that be our biggest problem. But from the jump, Marvin was painted as this comedy character, and so it was very confusing to me that they wouldn't write him off in some allegedly funny way. Right. I mean, you, you could have had him hook up with the principal. I mean, you could uh-huh. have introduced this other character that he hooks up with. You know, they could have just, they could have paired him off somehow. You're 100% right. What if Marvin gets fed up with Lynn's obsession with Ray's antics and then he moves to Alaska? <laughs> yeah. And then he gets lost and he ends up in Louisville, Kentucky at the races. <laughs> yeah, well, he 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 he's he spent too much time studying how to do you know, uh colonoscopies. You're not going to learn your cardinal directions. <laughs> It's right. very true, Ryan. That's a fact. And that's why um, I, I try to teach you this because, you know, you, you're, <laughs> you, you're in the medical field somewhat. And so I try to, you know, you don't have time to learn where everything's at directionally. Yeah. And so. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, buddy. I don't think really you appreciate that at all, actually. <laughs> I appreciate you enough to say I appreciate that. Yeah, but right. you, you should have heard yourself when i even hinted that we might be headed <laughs> for a cardinal direction segment <laughs> we well, put such a nice bow on it last segment yeah yeah but what happens at christmas right you you tear open <laughs> you tear it open the, 
You tear it open. Yeah. Well. Well, as we said, we'll put a pin in it. Yeah, we will. We'll put a pin in it. Okay, Preston. We'll bring um, us home here. Any any thoughts from you on the second half of this movie? No, buddy. Um. Yeah, it was again. Like, just want to say. I mean, I really, really enjoyed the. Uh, they had a sequence at a diner between Ray and his daughter. I thought that was very well played. Um, and uh, yeah, um, looking through my notes, I don't think I have anything else. It was a. Um, yeah, it was an interesting movie for sure, and uh, I think we should uh, perhaps get to our review segment. Ryan, would you mind explaining to the folks at home how we review things here at Signature Movies? I, okay, Preston, I just want to say that okay. <laughs> as we as we end this episode and we kind of start winding down, uh, I'm going to do a few things here uh, that that is be, that is totally because I respect you and I appreciate what you do for this podcast. Okay, okay. I mean, there's gonna there's a few things here that I'm not thrilled about doing as we wind down here. <laughs> But I'm going to do them, and I'm going to give it my all. And I, w- and I just want – I want you to know that I'm trying my hardest. And, and not only that, but I'm also not getting anything out of it. Okay. I'm very excited. With that said, with that said, here at Signature Movies, we do things a little differently – in that we employ what we call the signature rating system. Now, mm. when we review a movie here, we pretend that the movie was an offensive maneuver and that Preston and mm. I are pro wrestlers and that this offensive maneuver knocked us outside of the ring. And now we're in a position where we have to beat the 10 count. So we will give each movie a rating that corresponds to a point in the 10 count where we were able to get back into the ring. So the reason this is different is because if I say that I was able to get back into the ring at two after watching The Chaperone, that means that the movie did not take a lot out of me, that I was still pretty fresh, and it did not keep me down for the count. However, if I say that I was able to get into the ring at an eight or a nine, or heaven forbid, not at all, that means that the movie (laughs) was a real drain, we didn't like it, and um so yeah so the the catch here is lower number equals a better rating so preston at what point in the 10 count were you able to get back into the ring after watching the chaperone thank you so much for that ryan always appreciate it ryan i got back in the ring i think at a two um i i i I watched this movie in two segments uh, just strictly due to time constraints and uh, i was genuinely excited and interested to see how this movie played out um, I caught myself thinking about it when I wasn't thinking about it. I think if I was to, if somebody was to ask what is, like, give me a, a movie that really represents what WWE Studios is trying to do, I'd give them the chaperone. Uh, it is very much just like a wrestler thrust into a fish out of water situation, clearly a movie star vehicle trying to put him in a, you know, in a starring role. I think that he did a very, very adequate job, if not a really good job, for being a wrestler in one of these movies. Supporting cast was great. A little bit of surprise in there. Again, not the most well-constructed movie, but I think that the parts that shined really did. Uh, and yeah, I would recommend it. Two out of ten. Ryan, when did you get back in the ring? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty close to you. I got back into the ring at three. Um, you know, it, we're kind of at the point in doing this where I can compare how I felt after watching The Chaperone to other feelings right. that I had after watching movies. So for me. 
when I got done with this movie, I went, eh, you know, that was about a behind en- enemy lines Columbia type of feeling. Mm. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I'm back into the ring at three. I like the story. I thought it was, I thought on the whole it was, it was a pretty well done story. I, I, I can't say I disliked any of the characters. And uh, the only drawback for me was that sometimes the silliness was too much. But, um, you know, Triple H had put in a good performance here. I think it's the kind of thing where you he easily could have phoned it in. And mm-hmm. he, just, he didn't. I have to say he didn't. We will see him, I think, yeah. ag- again very soon in a more action-oriented role. And I'm curious to see if he can make that charming or not because i think um i'm pretty optimistic coming out of the chaperone so triple h was good here yeah a lot a lot to like here i would uh i I, yeah i'm with you i'd recommend it it's a fun it didn't feel long in in any way so yeah uh, back in the ring at three back in the ring at three pretty glowing reviews for the chaperone i gotta say uh wouldn't have guessed the chaperone to be the movie that we give such high reviews to but that's the that's the magic of this podcast, Ryan. It'll surprise you sometimes. Uh huh. Um. <laughs> Blimey, is that the time? Sorry, Harry, I'm gonna have to leave you. Dumbledore be wanting his uh. Well, I'll be wanting to see me. Now, your train leaves in ten minutes. Here's your ticket. Stick to it, Harry. It's very important. Stick to your ticket. Recommendation station. But Hagrid, there must be a mistake. This ticket says recommendation station. There's no such thing. Is there? <laughs> I tried. I tried. Harry, look beneath you. We're at recommendation station. <laughs> okay. That was great. What a joy, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> recommendation station is the segment every week where after viewing a movie that you know not particularly in this case but in some cases can be kind of a drain on us uh ryan and i look to our personal interests and bring you some shining lights from uh what we consider positive notes within our media consumption uh i will bring you a movie ryan will bring you a wrestling match and i will start ryan this week's movie is called the hunt of the wilter people is a 2016 film by Taika Waititi, uh, who is a household name by now. He does the Thor movies. However, this was kind of his big breakout initially. Um, he'd done some littler movies that had kind of given him an indie vibe or an indie credit. Uh, this was the one that I believe got him his first Thor movie. Uh, it stars Julian Dennison as a young actor. Sam Neill as an older actor. I picked this one uh, because it's very similar. You know, it's got a father-kid trying to not so much repair a relationship, but build a relationship uh, as they get lost in the woods. It's got a very strange, dark sense of humor, which I very like, much like. It's got, um, it's shot in uh, New Zealand, Taika Waititi's homeland. Beautifully shot movie, very fun watch, highly recommend. Ryan, do you have a wrestling match from this week? Oh, and I just wanted to support one of your claims. I know in my house, we cannot stop talking about Taika Waititi, so... <laughs> truly truly a household name um well Preston, for me i i with this recommendation uh segment i like to kind of go all over the landscape of pro wrestling and kind of mix up the different promotions this week i have a recommendation from the independent scene and that is from uh game changer wrestling 
one of the more prominent mm. independent wrestling promotions going today. So this is from GCW JCW Jersey Jacob session one on February 11th, 2023. It was, it was Jonathan Gresham versus Mike Bailey. And these mm. two are at this point, the most among the most prominent independent wrestlers uh, going Mike Bailey recently won the battle of Los Angeles and Jonathan Gresham. Mm, wow. Jonathan Gresham, uh, recently a, a ring of honor world champion who, mm. uh, very interestingly did not, uh, choose to stay with ring of honor once AW took it over. So Jonathan Gresham and Mike Bailey, wow. uh, two of the more prominent independent wrestlers just having a great match. This was the first round of a tournament. So these two, conceivably would have had to have wrestled three more times that day after this match and they don't Mm. they don't really hold anything back so it is a fun it's a fun exhibition of two very prominent independent wrestlers and i think that whole tournament the the gcw jcw jersey jacob will give you a good sense of what the independent scene has to offer and i just I love alliteration, Preston, as uh, Barbara taught us, <laughs> taught us last week. It's a fun literary device. <laughs> Heck yeah, buddy. Thank you for that recommendation, man. And I'm sorry, did you did you mention where they could find it? Yeah, um, so this would be on a streaming platform called Fight Plus. It is five dollars cool. a month. You get a good mix of independent wrestling promotions and some uh, some new Japan stuff too, I believe. So check that out heck yeah super dope man oh yeah oh well, by the way you, your movie is is for free on tubi i don't know if you knew that <laughs> i think all movies are for free on tubi i have not yet found a picture that i can't get on tubi um, yeah tubi is great <laughs> well ryan next week we're gonna be covering that's what i am starring randy orton the true finale to the uh, family friendly era of wwe studios uh i say starring it's for featuring and as always, Ryan, we will end our episode with our signature to force. Uh, we will count down from three and try to say the signature move of the starring wrestler at the same time. Are you ready for this, Ryan? Absolutely, Preston. Let's do it. All right. Three, two, one. Pedigree. Amazing. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Signature Movies. We really do appreciate it. We'd also appreciate it if you'd rate and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions or concerns about the show, feel free to email us at signaturemoviespod at gmail.com. We'd also like to thank Phoenix-based rapper Mega Ram for our intro song off of his album, Matt Mania. Go pick it up on Bandcamp. And hey, while you're at it, check out Phoenix local band Bethany Home. If this movie didn't get you thinking about school, their album, Yearbook, sure will. We'll see you next week. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. What? Ryan! I didn't know there was that last part. Well, I mean, yeah, okay, fine. You added that I last mean, part. Not a, that's not that's a traditional no. our father. Are you fucking serious? Yeah.
Yeah, it is. It depends which church you go to. Why well, go to the? <laughs> no, I've never heard that last line. You never heard. Okay, so okay, all right. All of a sudden, we have the expert. How about you give it a go? No. Okay. <laughs> I I I went to I I went to a theological based college. We never even we never even said our father that way. What what, what did you add to it in divine? It's not okay. Well, I'm sorry.